Jim is going, uh, and Luann, his wife, if, if you guys, Luann can just wave. Um, uh, them and their daughter Maddie are going to be going to Spain um, as early as like late fall, early winter, and um, to do ministry with the Alliance, um, the Christian Missionary Alliance, and, um, and establishing uh, in, uh, as a pastor of a church there, but then also establishing our multiplying leaders, uh, younger leaders, the next generation, and uh, also prayer ministry there in the region. And um, I trust Jim's going to talk to you a little bit about that. But as I call you up, Jim, if you can come up. Um, Jim has been a mentor to me. And uh, Jim and I met, I would say, weekly for about, I mean, a better part of it, close to a decade. (laughs) We met, and um, Jim took me to school in prayer and and just in uh, holistic discipleship following Jesus, and so I'm so grateful for you, and, um, and uh, glad you're here. Can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. So Father, I thank you for Jim. I thank you for um, what you're doing in him and Luann, Lord God, and um, Lord, we just receive what you have um, through this message uh, this morning, and uh, we bless your name, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to skip the microphone. Can you guys hear me okay? I feel like the room is small enough and resonant enough to to skip the microphone. Um, I just wanted to say before I get started this morning, it's really good to be with you. I I know some of you. uh, Some of you I I don't know, but I I feel like I I know you. Um, Joel and and Steve and I, for for years, um, prayed into it what we're standing in. Uh, we, we prayed toward it. We asked God for it. We, we led toward it. And um, in a sense, I'm, I'm getting to, to visit the answer uh, to those prayers today. And so thank you for having me. Um, I, I feel like I'm family. Uh, and I am family, uh, although I, I don't know some of you very well. Uh, hopefully in the time between now and Spain, I'll, I'll get to know some of you. So uh, this morning, I'm, I'm going to talk about daily bread, praying for daily bread or, or provision. Uh, I'm going to talk about holistic provision. I'm going to talk about daily provision. And I'm going to talk about mutual provision. Now, in the middle of those three points, I'm also going to try to weave the story of how the Eaton family, uh, through prayer, ended up leaving Alicoppa, Pennsylvania on a journey to to serve uh, his purposes in Alicante, Spain. And then I'm going to land the plane this morning uh, with an appeal uh, to you um, to partner with us as uh, part of our our family on mission. So that's where we're going this morning. And uh, let me just um, open by, by saying that when, when Jesus asked, or, or when Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them to pray, he gave them a prayer. He, he answered the question by modeling what he wanted from them. So as he gave them this prayer, he didn't just give them any old prayer. He gave them a prayer that housed all kinds of prayer. And I think as we've been unpacking this prayer over the last couple of weeks, you see that. 
Uh, it houses worshipful prayer and intercessory prayer. It, it houses listening prayer and talking prayer. He, he didn't just give them a, a prayer to be repetitiously repeated. He, he gave them a prayer into which they could live. Uh, it, it was a foundational prayer. Uh, some would say the most foundational prayer ever given. Uh, I've heard some people refer to this prayer as a prayer pattern, but I prefer uh, looking at this and seeing it. It helps my, my imagery to, to recognize it as a house of prayer or a home in which you and I can live a, a prayerful life. So, I, I, think, I, I think I prefer that because I see Jesus preferring it. If you think about Jesus' ministry, he would often say things that remind us of this. And in, in Mark chapter 11, verse 17, Jesus is repeating uh, the words of the prophet Isaiah when he, he says, Is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for the nations. And so, you know, as Jesus was building prayer into the lives of his disciples, he gave them this imagery. That's a picture that they would have had. And you and I, as his current disciples, can, can have, have this as well. If, if the Lord's prayer is like a house or a home, today, we're in that room where we are encouraged to ask for daily bread. You, you know the prayer. Uh, I think it's been said here uh, enough uh, to know where I'm talking about. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, in this room, and now I've often heard this room referred to as the room of sonship or, or daughtership. And, and people will call it by that name because this is where Jesus encourages us as his children to, to come to the Father and ask for what we need, ask for, for provision. Now, I find it interesting at this point in my life to, to um, recognize that I'm, I'm currently living in a generational house. Um, I moved from Beaver Falls a couple of weeks ago in, in preparation to go to Spain out to an old family uh, home that has existed in our family uh, for, for, well, since 1858. And, and it sits on land that has been in, in my family since just after the American Revolution. So, so I'm, I'm living on family land, in a family house, and um, I've, I've heard older generations of my family often say something like, you know, as, as a family, we've, we've been money poor but land rich. And one of the things that that means is um, that the land and the house itself has provided basic provision or, or necessity for, for us. 
we might not have always had cash in our pocket, but we had a roof over our head. We had a place to sleep. We had land to grow food in and, and eat. And, and so, um, you know, I, I, I often think about what this place that my wife and I will be launching from uh, ha- has been like to our, our family. I, I know that the house was built for my great-great-grandfather, but my, my grandfather also lived in the house, and, and it was said of him that he would often walk the grounds, and he, he apparently wasn't a, a, a shallow uh, prayer. They said he would often pray for the generations, and they would hear him out in the, the woods just praying for the generations. And... I, I know that he lived through the Great Depression. Uh, how many of you uh, are aware of the Great Depression? I, it was in the 1930s. It was a really hard economic time in, in, in our country. And so knowing what he lived through, I'm, I'm suspecting that some of those generational prayers that he, he prayed were for provision. Uh, you guys know. I mean, if, if, you, if you have need, if, if you're lacking, if you're... you're short on, on pocket cash, you're often aware of other people's needs. And so I'm, I'm almost certain that, you know, his prayers for us were, were prayers for provision. And it's not lost on me that we're, we're actually living in a house that is, at least in part, the, the physical answer to some of those prayers. Now, when, when we pray for, for um, daily bread, what this most simply means is that we're asking God to provide for our regular necessities, our, our, our provision. And, and when Jesus taught this to the disciples, he was reminding them of prior generations when he gave their ancestors manna in the wilderness. You know, so much of Jesus' ministry was like going back and making touch points with like the generations. And I think you guys here have, have some kind of value in generational transfer, right? Do, do I hear, hear that sometimes in the language of the, of the church now? Well, this is, is kind of what Jesus is doing. He's going back to that touch point. He's, he's reminding them. And, and what, what Jesus is, is saying to the disciples is, when you pray for daily bread, this is a prayer for your needs to be met. Not, not just physical needs, not just monetary needs, but also your relational needs, your, your emotional needs, uh, your spiritual needs. And, and thankfully, God cares about all those parts of our life. Uh, He's not just concerned about the money in our pocket. He's concerned about all those other things because they they go up, they go into a a life well lived. And I I think scripture reminds us of this when it says that in him we live and we move and we have our being. So when we pray this prayer for daily bread, it's touching all those things. Scripture also reminds us that every good and perfect gift comes from our Father. And, and I, I think um, he's trying to get us 
in praying for daily bread to, to think this way. So let me tell you of, of such a, a good gift in, in my life. Uh, at the beginning of, of 2020, just as COVID was starting, um, I, I received a phone call from a, a colleague in, in Spain. And he asked if Lou Ann and I would consider uh, moving from here to uh, Alicante, Spain, to uh, join him in his church planting network. Well, when I hung up the, the phone, I, I literally heard the words like a, somebody pushed a, a tape recorder. And I, I heard the words as I'm hanging up the phone, you've waited long enough. Now, I was a little bit confused because I was like, where did that just come from? Until I, I remembered, about 20 years prior, I had heard in a, a similar setting the words wait. At that time, I was a, a student in the School of World Mission uh, at Tacoa Falls College. I had just uh, prepared for a number of years to, to serve um, in ministry overseas. And when, when I heard that wait back then, it really didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I just invested four years in preparing for this, and um, I, I really didn't know what God might be getting at with all of that. How many of you know when you, when you receive a, a, a prophetic word, or, or when you think you receive a prophetic word, if you aren't sure what to do with it, one of the things is to take it to the Scripture. All of it gets run through that grid. Uh, we, we don't just um, haphazardly try to guess it at things. We, we learn, okay, Lord, if, if I'm not clear, can you clarify it by, by your, your word? So, so I took that to the scriptures, and um, if, if, you, you know, if you know God's ways with us and, and the, the revelation in scripture, you know that there's a lot of go in the but there's also some weight. The, the trick is learning how to live in attention. You know, and, and what, what am I supposed to be doing uh, if, if I'm supposed to be waiting? So it, it took me a little bit of time to figure that out. But as I, I ran this through the root of Scripture, I, I knew that what I needed to do was wait as my instincts and my, my sense of faith was telling me to wait, which was wait on going overseas, but the fuller revelation of Scripture lets us know that in the waiting, we don't do nothing. We, we actively wait. And so I just got active in, in ministry right where I was. Um, and then after 20 years of, of ministry, of putting one foot in, in front of the other, and doing what was in front of me, I'd almost forgotten the, the weight that I heard until I heard you've waited long enough. And I remember thinking, Lord, is that you? Because you know I'm, I'm turning 50 soon. <laughs> and this seems backwards. Like, the way this usually happens is you, you send people out in their 20s, and in their 50s, they're, they're transitioning back home for that next chapter. I said, this is, this is backwards. 
And, and, you know, really for the last several years, every time I would ask the Lord, hey, what's next? You know, what do, what do you have for me? Where, where are we going? What I would get from the Lord was usually something like, make a choice, son. <laughs> and I love freedom. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a freedom guy. I really usually don't like too many people in, in my business telling me, you know. <laughs> But on this one, I was like, Lord, I don't need freedom. I need directions. I need you to tell me what to do because I'm getting old. Uh, I, I don't have as much gas in my, my tank as I, I used to. I'm, I'm a little crankier uh, these days. Um, I got an 82-year-old mother, and, and this just seems like a counterintuitive time to be pulling up roots and leaving Eaton Road and, and going to Spain. So this is either you or, or Luann's going to have to get one of those t-shirts that says, I'm with stupid. <laughs> so, so like, Lord, can you, can you give me a, a dream in, in the night? Can you, can you give me a Macedonian call? Uh, maybe an audible voice from, from heaven. That would be, I, I, would, I would appreciate that. But, but in that moment, really, what, what began to happen is, in my prayer for daily bread, what, what I started to, to pray was, Lord, this day, give, give me a clear sign. Like for my emotional health. Because um, 50 is a dumb time to make big mistakes. <laughs> Well, God, God answered my, my prayer for emotional daily bread, if you will. But I, I've got to take you back to November of 2017, and, and you're going to have to go on a little Uber ride with Okay? Um, I, I was working as a, a trainer for a ministry called the College of Prayer. And to help pay for some bills, I, I was also side hustling some Uber. In, in, the, in the city. Uh, it was a Tuesday, and I had just picked somebody up. Uh, they got in my car, and they began speaking to me, and I noticed an English accent. I, I didn't think much of it until that happened three days in a row. From Tuesday to Thursday, each day, I had somebody in my car from London speaking to me in a British accent, and, and the last uh, passenger, I took on a long ride from downtown to the airport, and the passenger just happened to be the son of a pastor who was struggling in, in ministry in England, and the whole conversation was about uh, the need for the revival of the church in Europe, and, and uh, its need to become a prayerful church, and so this guy, the, the guy gets out of my car, and I'm thinking, everything we just talked about strikes at the heart of the ministry that I'm involved in. And I said, Lord, what's this all about? I said, this, this is probably a prayer assignment, isn't it? And um, then the, the next thing that happened has only happened one other time in, in our marriage. And let me, let me tell you, this is interesting. Luann and I were making coffee that Saturday morning, so we're now moving from Tuesday to Saturday. And 
while we're standing in the middle of our kitchen, she looks at me and point blanks. She says, what's going on with London? And I'm like, really? And I'm thinking, Lord, what is in this coffee? <laughs> I mean, were, were these beans like roasted in the fire of your manifest presence? Like, what, what's happening? You know, I, I, I don't know how God put the question in my life, but whatever he was doing, he was putting her right in the middle of the story that he was unfolding. And um, I, you know, I, we're, we're just sitting there talking, and she says, I really think we need to be praying about opportunity for the College of Prayer um, to potentially serve in one I said, I think you're absolutely right. So, yeah, so let's pray. Well, well just then, from the other room, my, my daughter, Maddie, heard us. And she just happened to be watching uh, an English Premier League soccer game. Uh, her, her favorite team is a team called Arsenal. And she says, hey, are we going to London by chance? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Uh, but why don't you come in here? So she came in, and we, we prayed, and then we consistently prayed as a family from November to, to February a number of times for the revival of the church in, in London and the opportunity for the College of Prayer to potentially minister there. Well, uh, we, we got to February, and uh, I, I go every February to Atlanta to an annual uh, meeting of uh, leaders in the College of Prayer from all around the world. I walked into that event, uh, first meeting, I, I'm walking into the meeting in progress, and uh, they had gotten to the part of the meeting where they were, they were already praying. And I, I come into the room, and as I walk in, on the left-hand side of the room, I, I hear the president of the ministry, first words, as I'm walking in, Lord, give us London. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> On the right side of the room, I looked up, and I saw Juan Padizunica. Uh, Juan is the guy who had called me at the beginning, beginning of 2020 to come and work in Spain. This is all prior to him asking us to come. I saw him, and I, I knew him well enough to know that uh, both he and his wife had uh, contacts in, in London. And so I walked up to them at the end of the meeting, and I said, hey, for what it's worth, I'm wondering if, if now might be the time to tap those contacts in, in London and, and see if, if the College of Prayer can, can serve them. And they, they looked at me with big eyes and they said, no way. They said, just before this meeting started, we said those exact words to the president. We said, um, we think now is the time for London. And I said, Oh, that's awesome. I said, my family's been praying with you about this since November. Um, let us know how it unfolds, and, and let us know if we can serve you in any way. So, um, so that, that began uh, to, to unfold, and I, I think they launched ministry that summer in, in July. Now, I, I tell that story as a, an illustration of, of hearing God in, in prayer. And I, I tell it over and over again because it's, it's a good story and, and it's uh, one I've, I've uh, gotten comfortable with. And so I usually tell it 
uh, in the context of a, a message that I do, and, and my daughter has heard me tell that story. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, <clears throat> let me tell you how this applies to praying for, for daily bread. Let me, let me try to stick the landing on this Uber ride, okay? About a year ago, I, I took Luann and Maddie to, to Spain to, to help discern as a family whether or not we were being called. Um, I don't do anything fast at, at 50. Um, so I was like, Lord, you've you got to give me a runway here. i, I got to, if, if this is you, I, I, I need to discern this. So we went to visit uh, the, the work there in Spain to catch a vision of what we would be uh, involved in, uh, learn who, who we would be working with, and, and kind of make those relational connections. And the other part of what we would be doing there would be um, serving the purposes of the College of Prayer through some training. Now, I knew we were being asked to do three things in, in Spain. One, uh, we were being asked to mentor next generation leaders inside this church planning network. Two, we would be building sustainable prayer environments uh, in partnership with the College of Prayer across Europe. And, and three, um, I would be pastoring uh, a local church in Alicante, Spain, uh, made up of uh, a group of expats from London. So <laughs> I was at the part of our, our training uh, there where I told the story I just told you. And what we would do as a family after most of the times of ministry is we would sit down, we would debrief, we would share a meal, we would talk about what we saw God doing and, and pray together. So as we're doing that, my, my daughter Maddie says, uh, Dad, you've been praying for like an obvious Macedonian call as you try to, to discern and decide on Spain, right? I said, yeah. She says, don't you think that that story that you keep telling is the answer to your prayer? I mean, she's like, isn't, isn't that whole London thing jumping out at you? I'm like, what are you talking She's like, you know, the people from London in your car, the College of Prayer in London, and, and this church here in Spain full of Londoners. <laughs> and I, I can remember thinking, no, that wasn't jumping off the page at me, but uh, now that you mention it... <laughs> And, and, like, I'm just there like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> and before she even, like, fully got it out, I, I just felt like, you know, I, I was being, like, overcome by, by the Father's love. Uh, I mean, he, he had me in his crosshairs, and, and he used my daughter to deliver the shot to the heart that I needed. And um, <laughs> I, I had my answer to prayer. And I, I remember to top it off as I, I shared this story with my, my colleague, Juan Zunga, who had, had invited us, one, one of those missionaries from Spain that I had just told you about. When I, when I shared all of this with him and said, hey, look, we're, we, we're, I, think, I think we're coming. Um, he said, Jim, what, what you might not know is that that story is the whole reason 
we called you in 2020 and asked you to come and partner with us. We, we thought through that story God was saying and invite you to come. And I just remember thinking, boom. I mean, emotional daily bread. Uh, manna from heaven sent by the great physician to my heart uh, to meet me at my point of emotional need. And to clarify direction. And then, you know, my, my partner in ministry uh, who, who had invited me into this, he, he validates the whole, you know, crazy Uber ride. And what, what a good gift from our Father. Uh, you, you know, when God provides daily bread, He doesn't just provide physical needs, monetary needs. He, he meets us at the, the place where we need Him. Now, let me draw uh, attention to, to another point. I'm going to move quickly here at this point. Um, when we pray for daily bread, we're not just praying um, for bread, we're praying for daily bread. We're not just praying for provision, we're, we're praying for daily provision. And I, I think Jesus teaches us to, to pray this way so that we'll learn to guard our hearts from, from greed uh, and, and discontentment. Um, you know, by, by focusing on daily bread, I, I think Jesus is, is teaching us to ask for what we need and, and not for the excesses of our self-indulgent nature. Um, you, know, you know, we often overestimate our physical needs and we underestimate our, our spiritual need. Uh, we, we focus on earthly gain to the neglect of our, our own spiritual progress. And, you know, one week after I, I made the final decision to commit to Spain, wouldn't you know, I, I had a job offer. Um, one of my good friends who pastors a growing, healthy, influential church in one of my favorite cities in the world uh, comes to visit me and, and he invites me to, to uh, basically lead the prayer ministry in his, his church in New York City. And he even sweetened the offer uh, with a, a larger uh, salary than I'd ever seen in ministry. And let me tell you, I, I thought twice about Spain. I was like, you know, I know what the alternative here is. I know the alternative to getting paid in New York City is raising support in the depressed steel towns and river towns of western Pennsylvania. So, I don't know what kind of story you're telling here, but apparently, uh, you know, it, it's one of faith and, and you're, you're leading us into something that is counterintuitive. So, you know, as I'm processing all this, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I, I think Jesus teaches us to pray for daily bread because um, contentment is, is not found in more stuff or, or better gigs. Um, although those things can, can be good. Contentment is, is really found in the journey of learning to treasure the, the daily bread that we have. 
I, I think praying for daily bread is, is not only about asking him for what we need, but it's about recognizing what he's given us and, and learning to develop a, a gratitude for, for uh, an awareness of that. And, and maybe more importantly, you know, praying about daily bread is, is the, um, the, the joy of the daily journey. Uh, walking closely uh, with our Father and and having that kind of relationship where we're dependent. You know? He doesn't ask us to pray for daily bread because he wants us to be independent. He wants us to be dependent. And so, um, I think it was Jesus who actually said, my food is to do the will of, of him who sent me. So as much as I would love to... Um, take this great gig in New York City, um, I, I think that, you know, uh, Jesus is, is saying, look, I've got you right where I want you. I've got you on the page and in the chapter. Don't jump the story. Stick with it. Now, finally, when we, we pray for daily bread, Jesus teaches us to ask, give us this day our daily bread. So we've talked about holistic provision. We've talked about um, daily provision. But now what, he, what he's teaching us about is mutual provision. When he, when he teaches uh, us to ask, give us this day our daily bread, my question is, why, why that way? Why those words? And I, I think it's to help us to see our interconnectedness. Uh, with, with the rest of our family on mission. You, you all know that um, following Jesus isn't a solo project. Uh, when we decide to follow him, he, he puts us in families. I think the scripture says he, he takes the lonely and he puts them in families. Um, and so, you know, p- part of the reason why I'm here today and why Joel and Steve invited me is that there is an opportunity here to develop a, a partnership with our family on mission. Now, uh, my, my family has been a part of, of this church. I, I think my daughter, as she serves in, in some of the children's ministries, is third generation. Um, and we've, we've been uh, a part of things... Um, partnering with, with this church in, in many ways uh, for a long time. And, you know, when, when we look at the partnerships that Family on, on Mission develops, you know, there can be multiple ways of partnering. But, but I'm going to point out three today. Um, and, and the most important one I'm going to point out first. Would you partner with us in prayer? Uh, I know this is a, a house of prayer. Uh, I, I believe it's a house of prayer for the nations as well as the neighborhoods. And, and we need you to pray for us. Uh, first and foremost, because um, I, I know that we will not get to Spain unless we have people knocking on Dad's door uh, to, to help us to, to get there. Uh, the second thing is... You know, there's a potential here uh, to really develop the kind of relationship where you guys can come uh, to Spain 
to partner in different seasons uh, locally with us, maybe through a short-term trip or something like that. Um, it's a pretty, pretty cool town. I, I don't have any pictures this morning, but where we'll be living is uh, on the Spanish Mediterranean, and it's kind of, kind of nice. And uh, we, we do a lot of uh, training of like next-gen uh, leaders. We, we teach them about prayer, and I know that as you're praying church, you know a lot of you are equipped to, to teach and train. So you know, come and, and partner with us. And, and the, the third piece is is financial provision. Now. Of all those three ways, what I'm asking as I close this morning is that you simply take this to the Father. You know, okay, here are the Eatons. Uh, we barely know them. Uh, we're, we're getting to know them. Lord, you know, wh- what do you want us to do with these kids? Because uh, we're part of your family. And um, I, I just want to encourage you that whatever you hear from you, step into it. Um, and, and let him write his story uh, into your life as well. So what I'd like to do as we close this morning is um, I'd like to partner with you. Uh, I, I want to jump into that last aspect of provision, mutual provision. I want to pray for you, and I want you to pray for us. That's how I, I would like to land this message this morning. So, uh, Teresa, if, if you would come and facilitate that, um, can, can we just gather for a family time in prayer? Father, as uh, everybody comes and as we gather uh, together here, I, wanna, I just want to pray for uh, this side of the family. Um, Lord, thank you for the, the Franklin campus. Um, Lord, thank you for these brothers, brothers and sisters who I, I, I don't know very well, but who I uh, have, have uh, uh, prayed with uh, in this common venture that we're in. Lord, I ask uh, your provision uh, for those in this room. And, and Lord, more, more particularly, uh, my, my sense is as I pray uh, is, is to really pray for the family. Um, Lord, there are a lot of families represented here, and there are a lot of family needs represented here. Lord, you, you know the needs, uh, whether those needs are uh, physical or, or financial. You know if those needs are emotional. But we, we ask for daily bread in our families. Um, Lord, I, I, I pray that you would uh, heal uh, emotional places of brokenness, that you would meet us at the level of relational and, and spiritual needs, and that you would um, do your um, reconciling work in, in families. And Lord, I, I pray that as you do that, uh, Lord, I just want to thank you for spiritual family, uh, not just flesh and blood family, uh, but spiritual family. Uh, and, and the families that you put us with. Lord, I, I think uh, of, of those here today who have a strong sense that they have been put in this family. Uh, you, you placed them here, and they know it. And uh, Lord, I just I pray for uh, you to finish the, the work that you started in bringing this family together for your purposes in, in this neighborhood. And I, I ask that.